Hi everyone, I'm super excited about today's call. When I say that, I really mean it. We've got Ken Coleman. He is a nationally syndicated show that he owns and he runs and he's also the author of a national bestseller book called The Proximity Principle. And so sit tight, get ready. You are going to be fired up right now with Ken Coleman. Hi Ken, thanks for being here. Chris, it's so good to be with you. Thanks for having me. So you're like super ultra successful. I think I'm having a little bit of a fan crush here now that I have you on because, uh, you know, you're, you're so well known and I just want to thank you for taking the time. I know you're busy and I know you're going to really help today. So that's, we're super excited to have you on. Well, we're kindred spirits as we just figured out moments before and I'm excited to have a conversation with you today that I think will help a lot of people. And, and so I, I want to get, get on really early on about your show because I know it will help a lot of people. And so I want to make sure that we, we talk about that initially just so that people can, um, can learn to follow you, the early on listeners, in case you lose anybody. So can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah. So the name of the show is The Ken Coleman Show. And we spent hours and hours and hours and millions of dollars on that name. Uh, it, was just, it was just the name. I kid, of course. <laughs> it's just a nationally syndicated radio show, right? And so the best way to go about that is just, hey, this is the Ken Coleman Show. Well, what's the show about? Very simply, we believe that every man and woman on this planet was created to fill a unique role. And that means that you're needed. And it also means that you have to do it. There's a duty to be you. Somebody out there in this world needs you to be the genuine article. And this really speaks to people's hearts because we all long, as you know, Krista, to make a contribution. We want to know that we matter. And a big way that we uh, get that significance is in our work life. The average American will spend 90,000 hours plus uh, in their work over their lifetime. Now, that's a staggering number. And if you're not doing work that you love and work that you're good at, uh, what I call the sweet spot, uh, then you're going to be very miserable. And then again, that's why we know from a recent Gallup poll, that 70% of Americans are miserable in their job. Monday mornings create anxiety, depression, all manner of ugly stuff, largely because uh, you're not doing work that there's a connection to, or you're in a really toxic environment. And so that's the subtext. That's really the, the environment that we're dealing with every day on the Ken Coleman Show, and it's a caller-driven show. So people are calling in, and uh, they're asking about uh, fork in the road decisions. They're saying, hey, Ken, I have no idea what I was created to do. Help me figure that out. Or I know what I want to do, but I don't know how to get there. They're dealing with fear, doubt, and pride, essentially. And uh, they have the answers. It's just my job to get it out of them. And so I'm really a guide to give them clarity because a person who's clear is a person who's confident and a person who can be courageous when the moment demands it. So that's what we're doing every day on the Ken Coleman Show. We're uh, 38 stations right now. We just launched uh, three months ago into AMFM radio, which is exciting. Uh, the podcast is doing great. And then, of course, people can hear it on Sirius XM every day as well. So what if somebody wants to call in? How do they call in to have you help them work through what they need to, get to work through? Yeah, the phone number is uh, at the website at KenColeman.com instead of giving you the number and make everybody scramble for it. But if you just go to KenColeman.com, uh, the number's right there at the top. They can also email the show if they're saying, hey, I can't call when you're live. Uh, what we'll do is we'll work with you and you can schedule some time during your day uh, and you can call when I'm live. You know, if you just kind of say, all right, I'll take my lunch hour at a different time, but we'll work with you. Uh, we'll change your name. A lot of people need, they need us to change their name because they don't want somebody to hear them 
and go, yeah. oh, you, you hate your job. I'm going to go tell on you. So, yeah, so uh, it's really easy to call in. Um, 844-747-2577 is the number. I'm used to saying it, so I'll give that to you. But KenColeman.com to get the number and call in. So, you know, let's go back. I love that. I love that you do that. And I, I know that our listeners that are, that, you know, we attract a client avatar who really, really cares about, you know, self-help and being the best person they can be. We are, we call ourselves community market leaders. And I, I, I your vision and your passion, you also, I know, work with, with Dave Ramsey and you host some of his shows. And so when people call you, what would you say? I mean, fear is a huge thing for people. People are so fearful and fear holds people back. And I read um, one of the quotes I, that I, I, I love to talk about is that right, it, people's biggest regrets in life are actually not doing something that they still have the ability to change, but they don't. So they, they regret it, right? It's a, a really common regret is knowing that you still have the opportunity to change, but you're holding yourself back because of fear. How do you work people through that? Yeah. Well, you have to ask why you're not doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, because the regret's not the issue. The regret's the symptom of inaction. Mm-hmm. And so you have to ask them, what are you afraid of? And on my show, I will make adults, we won't go any further on the phone call until I say, name your number one fear. What is the fear? Because you have to identify the fear first. So that's naming the fear. And, and boy, I really put them on the spot. And then once they name the fear, and I, then I begin to expose how silly the fear is. And uh, the, the analogy for your listeners is, if you're a parent, there's been at some point a moment in your parenting, or it will happen if you have little ones, or they call you to their room and they're certain that there's something under the bed, something that, or something outside the window or something in the closet. And you as a parent know that there's nothing there, but you can see that the fear is absolutely gripping your child. And the only thing you can do to get the child, you can't coax the child into believing you. You can't, you can't go, there's no fear and then walk out of the room. This will happen all night long and you won't have any sleep, neither will they, until you do the one thing that we all have done as parents. And that is look under the bed, look in the closet. And then the kid goes, oh, okay. The monster is not there because my mom and dad are still alive looking at me. And so what do we do? (laughs) We're exposing the lie. We're exposing that the fear that they believe is so real is not real. Okay. So that's the analogy. Well, the same thing with adults. So when I ask them to name the fear, then I begin to break the fear down. Well, I'm Ken, I'm afraid that if I, if I make this career change and I switch fields that I'm not going to be successful. Okay. Why do you think you won't be successful? And they largely don't have anything to say there. Now there's nothing there. Well, I mean, what if I'm not, I said, no, no, no. Give me a specific reason is the why you think you won't be successful. Are you a hard worker? Yeah. Do you have high character and integrity? Yeah. Do you think you have the talent to pull this off? Yeah, I do. Are you passionate about the work? You're willing to do it as long as it takes to be good? Yeah. I go, great. Then there's a good chance you're not going to be abysmal failure. Will you fail along the way? Yes. That's different than becoming a failure. Failing is a uh, product of moving forward. So, when we begin to walk through that with somebody, they begin to see, oh, my fear is silly. And they'll sometimes laugh nervously on the phone call with me uh, because they now realize that the fear is a lie. So my job is to expose fear and doubt and pride as a liar, like a little cartoon character on your shoulder, whispering these negative thoughts in your head that then become your reality. Because the way we think, Krista, you know this is a very successful businesswoman. The way we think determines the way we act. It's not the other way around. 
you can't act your way into new thinking. You must think your way into new action. And so um, that's what I do with fear. Expose the fear. Are you going to be homeless? Are you going to starve? And then they do exactly what you just did. Well, of course not. Okay, then. What are we afraid of? What you're afraid of is change. You're afraid of trying something new. You're afraid of people saying maybe you don't have what it takes. There's all kinds of fears that are unaccounted for when we actually shine the light of truth on them. And this you talk a lot about in your, your best-selling book, The Proximity Principle, correct? Absolutely. So you know, that's why we talk about The Proximity Principle, because if you're scared of something that you're thinking about doing or that you know you want to do, by getting in proximity, meaning having coffee or lunch with somebody who's doing it or who has done it, they're going to expose those fears. They're going to go, ah, it's nonsense. So no, so no, 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 no. This is the reality. Or this is how I did it. This is how you can do it. So tell us about the proximity principle, which I am so excited to read, by the way. Thank you. Well, the proximity principle says in order to do what you want to do, you've got to be around people that are doing it and in places where it has happened. Excuse me, I've got a cough. <coughs> you need to be around people that are already doing what you're trying to do and um, in places where what you want to do is happening so let me delineate so really it's about people and places so to break the proximity principle down into one simple formula it's the right people plus the right places equals opportunity got you got you okay. yeah now listen that's not a guarantee i'm using the word opportunity not guaranteed success okay keep going <laughs> yeah i can pick up there so notice that I didn't say the right people plus the right places is a guarantee for success. What I said is the right people plus the right places equals opportunity for you uh, to then move into where you want to move, move up to where you want to move up to. So when we talk about people, I think everybody gets that. And as you know, there's five archetypes of people in the book that you need to be around. But places are the th things I think people overlook sometimes. I certainly want to get around the right people, but I also want to put myself in places where opportunity meets me. Yes. So, you know, you know, the old phrase, oh, he was in the right place at the right time, or she was in the right place at the right time. And that is said in a manner of, well, it was just complete, utter luck. And I just don't believe in luck. I really don't. What I believe in is good timing. And so the key to good timing is by being in the right place, the right time will come along. It's like showing up at a train station. Here's the deal. If I need to catch a train, I'm going to one place, the train station. Why? Because that's where the trains are showing up. So if I want to do this specific thing, if I want to be a very successful realtor, be in the top 1% of realtors in the United States, I want to try to get coffee with the Chris's of the world because she knows what it's like to get started. She knows what it's like to doubt yourself. She knows what it's like to face fear. She knows, she knows what it's like to face rejection. She knows what it's like to experience a win and then be getting momentum out of that. She knows how to build a team. She knows how to recruit the right people on the team. She knows how to kick the right person off the team. So the whole thing right there, I just basically gave you the outline to a master's degree in being a successful realtor. Well, who's going to answer those questions? Well, it's essentially like going back to college and doing a research paper, but you're sitting at the feet of people who are doing what you want to do and doing it very, very well. And so the idea of the people we understand, but what about the places? Well, I want to go to the top real estate conferences. I'm using this analogy, right? Yeah. If I want to be Krista, I'm going to go show up. I'm going to go to Brian Buffini's event, right? I'm going to show up at all these events where top realtors are, are people that are certainly ahead of me. Why? Because if I'm in that place, who knows what opportunity is going to present itself over 
dinner or in a breakout session or in the hallway waiting for an, a session to begin. That's what I mean by places, just boiling it down to a very simple analogy. So the right people and the right places, well, what do they do? They create opportunity because when I'm in the right places, I meet the right people. When I'm around the right people, they point me into the right places. They open doors for me. And so this is the model for success, continually showing up on purpose uh, around the right people and in the right places. It's brilliant. And it, it, you know, it's so, it's so simple. It's so simple. Yeah, it is. It really is. Mm-hmm. But most people don't do it. Most yeah. people don't do it. Why? Because they're afraid of rejection. Somebody telling them no. They're afraid of somebody not answering their email or not returning their phone call. Uh, they're afraid of, you know, am I going to look stupid when I'm in there asking questions of this person? Uh, you know, who knows? Whatever. They won't do it. Or they don't want to put themselves in a place where they don't know anybody. Uh, or they're not willing to go volunteer. I broke into broadcasting by volunteering at an ESPN uh, affiliate in Atlanta, Georgia. And I was very successful. I had a, uh, my own business was making six figures. And I was volunteering three days a week, three hours of those three days. I was getting Sprite for guys that were on the air who didn't even make half of what I made. Mm-hmm. That's what it takes. It's so funny. I, I, there's a young I, a gentleman that wants to be a real estate agent. And so yeah. he joined my Teens Lifting Lives program. And he told me straight up, I joined just so I could be near you, right? Right. And he um, told me that he really wants to work with me. And so he has been working for me for three months volunteering his time without being paid. Well, guess what? We hired him last week to start Perfect. working for us because he is, he is so dedicated. And um, it's like, if this kid is going to work this hard for free just to be around us, what is he going to do if we actually pay him? He showed, he showed up. He was in proximity at the right location at the right time. And boom. He has I love that story. This kid is the poster child for the proximity principle. And I want to point out to your audience two things that you saw in this young man which made you decide to hire him. You saw that he was hungry and hunger's not enough though. Cause anybody's hungry, right? Uh, he just hasn't been fed, but he kept showing up though. So that shows the humility, right? You didn't give him a job the first week, but he kept showing up. So hunger and humility is what's attractive. And when you show up around the right people in the right places and, and display hunger and humility, like this young man did, the result is always the same. You know what's crazy, uh, Ken, is that it took him t- t- two months. And he's 18 years old. And so yeah. I, I talk about him all the time. This is somebody who's hungry. And yeah. he has, he's got an amazing personality. Everyone loves him, a great work ethic. And he's not even getting paid. But he's smart. I told him, I said, Tariq, you are going to make a ton of money in your life and make a huge impact because of, of doing this. You know? He's going to be a multi, multi-millionaire. Yeah. Oh, totally. Funny story. So when I was, I wanted to get a job at Costco when I got out of high school. And so I went to the office, the little trailer at Costco to talk to the scary manager. I was 18 years old. He was the meanest guy in the whole world every single day for like, I'm not even kidding you. It was like six weeks. Finally, he goes, Krista, go away. You're hired. That manager loved me. He hated everyone, but he was always nice to me because he knew that I would do what it takes. And, you know, I earned his respect. Like, I, I was like, I love oh, that story. why don't you hire me? But you got to hire me first. Finally, he's like, yes, you're hired. Yeah. See, again, another great example of you kept showing up in the place you wanted to be and you didn't stop showing up. And after a while, after you showed up and showed up and showed up and showed up, then the opportunity was presented to you just to get you to leave. Yeah, you know, And that's beautiful. So again, you're right. The simplicity of this formula is 
is stunning. But I would also tell you, it's as powerful as it is simple. Um, because it, it, is the, it is the game changer. It'll separate you from the pack. I don't care what industry you're in. I 100% agree with you. And, you know, it's, it's just like you said, the more opportunities that you present yourself, eventually you're going to succeed. I want to talk about something else that you, that you mentioned, which I think people really need to hear. You said that when you're going on a new journey, that you're going to fail. When you're failing, it means that it's working. And I think people, they see failure as a warning sign that they should stop or they're moving in the wrong direction or they're making the right, wrong decision and they shouldn't be doing something. Can you please elaborate on that? Yeah, the, the evidence that you're making progress is that you're failing because it means you're taking new ground. You know, that means you're doing something that you've not done before. And so obviously the first time you do something is usually the worst. I mean, I think back to my very first radio broadcast, I wouldn't want anybody on the planet to hear it. You know, I think back to my first keynote address that I ever gave, I wouldn't want anybody to hear that. Uh, you know, and I think, I think, you know, maybe the first time you had to show a house, you probably wouldn't want to recreate that moment either. So, you know, the idea here is, is that, of course, that when, when we take on something new and we're developing that skill and that muscle, if you will, well, you're at your weakest moment the first day you work out. But it is this idea of continually showing up, finishing the workout, learning how to do the exercise the right way when you do it the wrong way, you know, whether it be a sport. Uh, a hobby or a professional craft, the very idea of getting good at something requires you to be awful at something. You have to be awful before you can be good. So that's what I mean when I say, if you're failing, uh, that means that you're putting yourself in a position where you're constantly trying new things and taking on new ground. Now, there needs to be an asterisk here because I do teach sweet spot living and sweet spot, sweet spot working, which is the sweet spot is just the sports analogy. We all know this. If you hit a tennis racket, uh, you hit a, hit a tennis ball on the sweet spot of the tennis racket or uh, you hit a baseball on the sweet spot of a bat or golf ball, so on and so forth, what happens? Well, number one, it feels effortless. You'll hear athletes say, I didn't even feel the contact between the ball and the racket or the ball and the bat. Why? Because it hit that sweet spot exactly where it's supposed to hit it. So number one, it feels effortless, but number two, the ball travels faster and farther or it's more effective if we want to use that analogy. So I believe that, you know, there's a certain amount of failure that comes with the territory of growing and progressing. Uh, but I, I guess I've got to put the caveat out there. <laughs> if you're just experiencing failure every day, all day, every day, then we need to step back and go, okay, we're not, we're not in our sweet spot. We, we don't have the talent to do this. Let me give you an example. If I tried to go out uh, every day and dunk a basketball, I'm going to fail forever until I die. Why? I don't have the talent physically to jump 10 feet in the air and dunk the basketball. So we need to be aware if we're, if we're eating failure every second, every hour, every week, every month, well, that's an indicator we're not in our sweet spot. But the idea here is, is that there's going to be a certain amount of failure as we are moving into the work we were created to do because we've got to develop the reps at the plate, if you will, so that we can eventually hit home runs. And so that's what we're talking about. Embrace failure because it is in our failures that we learn what we need to learn to actually be successful. So um, absolutely agree with that. And many people, you know, for example, when they're on their, their way to achieving what they want to achieve and they fail, they owe, so many people, the statistics are so high as far as people that stop. And can you talk about, you know, 
when people, the people that don't stop, what it takes for them, how, how you can help yourself not stop when you're just like three feet from gold, as Napoleon Hill would say. Yeah, I'm so glad you asked this question because I think it really is the billion dollar question and the answer is really simple. The reason that successful men and women that you all look up to didn't stop is because of the deep abiding passion for what they were pursuing. Now, that's the difference. So the people who quit um, have allowed their fear or their doubt or their pride to overwhelm their passion or they didn't have as much passion for it as they needed to have. And that's why, again, I teach the sweet spot. You need to use what you do best to do what you love to do most. That is what will keep you on the path when failure hits. Because it's funny, the Greeks, we know from, from word study that the word passion comes from paseo. And the Greeks didn't necessarily have one word for passion, but they had a, a phrase around it that it kind of led to what we now know is what we take as the English word passion. And it basically means to suffer. Wow. Really? <laughs> yeah. So think about that, but think about it for a moment. If you are willing to suffer loss, that's failure, uh, heartache, that's rejection, uh, delays, it's patience. You're willing to suffer through those things to do something you know it's a passion. So that's why you see coaches who may start out in the coaching profession, they lose a bunch of games and they stay with it. Why? They have a deep abiding passion to coach and losing is a part of winning. And, and so they don't get deterred by the curves or the detours that life throws at us. And so this idea of having a true clarity on what it is you were created to do is really what it's about is the answer to the question of how do you not quit when failure happens? You don't quit because this isn't a, well, I could do it. This isn't even, well, I should do it. This is, I must do it. So you better be in the must category because if you're not in the must category, you won't have what it takes. You won't persevere. But I can tell you this, I don't care what industry, I don't care what time period of history, you go read about successful women and successful men they had a I must mentality so that when failures happen, they go, all right, that didn't work. Let's dig into why it didn't work. Now that I find out why it didn't work, we're not going to worry about that anymore. We're going to get focused on doing it better the next time. And I am not going to quit because I must do it. That's the difference. And that's where true passion meets talent. But if you're doing something that you're uh, talented at, but there's no passion for it and, and hardship comes your way, you're done. But yeah. you better yeah. care deeply about it. If you care deeply, you won't quit. It's so funny. My first year in the industry um, when I, in real estate, which is 18 years ago, I sold 69 houses. And I always get, I had no team. It was just me. And I, I had recently, my husband had had an affair and left me with my two daughters and pretty much drained our, our accounts and it was really a devastating time. So people always ask me, how did you do that? And I always tell them the only reason I sold 69 houses my first year was because my reason, my why was to keep my daughters in their house, to keep them safe, to keep them secure. Like my mission was, I am not going to make my two little baby girls feel, yes. you know, feel un not feel safe. And that drove me to no matter what, like I, I looking back, I'm thinking, how did I do that? It, it was hundred percent that. That's exactly right. That's a great example of 
being really clear on your why and nothing's going to stop you. And uh, I think that's huge. I think that's important. So that's the answer to that. You, you know, you go to doing something that you wake up going, I must do this. And if I don't do this, I am not being true to who I'm supposed to be. Well, I always, uh, I mean, we try to keep this to 30 minutes and you've just been giving us immense value. Um, and I want to encourage everyone to read the proximity principle because, you know, uh, Ken, it's, it's a best-selling book. He's, he's, he knows what he's talking about. He's impacting a ton of people. If you're finding yourself in a situation where you need help, jump on his call, get on there and let him work you through it. Because the only person responsible for creating the life that you deserve is you. And if we can have somebody help get you there, we want to. Ken, I always ask everyone one question at the end. I know this is kind of, it's a secret, but so I'm popping this on you. If you had to just give one piece of advice, like your best tip to help people be as successful as they want to be and to live the most fulfilled life, what would that be? What would the one thing be that you would tell them? I think that it would be to truly get clear on who you are supposed to be. We live in this very confusing time, you know, where we've got, social media that is now bombarding us. We've got negative news coming at us 24 seven and all of those things, not to mention difficult people, whether it be family or friends or coworkers, there's so much negativity out there. And so when there's so much negativity and so much comparison, it can really confuse a person, but the clear person is the person who is truly going to be successful in the terms that I use when I think of success. And that is a person who truly is significant uh, to themselves because they know that they are doing what they were created to do. They're doing work that they're good at and work that they love that creates a result that means something deeply to them. We just need you to be you. And here's what I can tell you. Your marriage is going to be better. Your parenting is going to be better. Your relationships at work are going to be better. Uh, This isn't just a work component. This is a, a wholeness that comes with being okay with who you are. So my advice is do the hard work of discovery and really figure out who you are. What do you do best? What do you love to do? You look forward to it so much that you go into fantasy land. And, and, and then when you're in the middle of it, time seems to disappear. And then when you're done, you look at it and you go, wow, that was worth it. You figure that out, who you really are. Stop comparison. Comparison is a cancer. Stop comparing yourself to everybody else. Be who you need to be because somebody out there is going to be really grateful to run into you. And that's going to be uh, the moment when you go, aha, I think that's the true definition of success. And you told me a statistic earlier, and, this, and if, you're, if you have a job that you hate <laughs> and you really want to make a change, the proximity principle goes into it. And he basically, you said that 70% of people. That's right. 70% of Americans are miserable at work. They're miserable at work. And his book helps you figure out if you hate your job and you're not happy in life and what you're doing, he's going to help you figure out how to change that. Um, and so I highly encourage you to, uh, look, look Ken up, go follow him, read his book. And Ken, thank you so much for all the value you give him. You are a gem. I really appreciate your time. Thank you, Krista. I'm really honored to be with you. Thank you. Okay, everyone. Make it a great home selling and buying day. And remember when you do what you love, people love what you do. You can listen and learn, but if you don't take action and you don't implement, learning doesn't help. So go out there and take action and I'll see you next time. Thanks so much for your time. Have a great day. Did you know that I'm a published author? My books sell 100 homes a year. It's a bestseller. 
and it teaches real estate agents and lenders how to actually think about doing business in the 21st century. And I want to give you your free copy. All you have to do is go to www.kristamayshore.com slash sell 100. That's one zero zero. If you'd like to learn new digital marketing strategies, you've got to get this book and join the other agents and lenders whose businesses in life is being absolutely transformed. Go to www.kristamayshore.com slash sell 100 to get your free digital copy today.